Peace and love. Peace and love. Welcome to this neighborhood, neighbor. My mom always said life was like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. You know what I am? I'm a housewife that figured it out. Wow, 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 And now, here's the host of Good Things Radio, Brooke Taylor. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Good Things Radio. My name is Brooke Taylor, a housewife who has not figured it out. Thank you for being a part of the show. This is episode number 152. And a big shout out before we get underway to the ladies of Assumption Academy near Cleveland, Ohio. Had a chance to speak to a room full of gorgeous ladies. Some were our Arise Retreat sisters. And just a fantastic privilege to be able to spend a few hours in their company. So thank you you to the Assumption Academy ladies. A big shout out to Our Lady of Mercy Parish in Leroy, New York. I think it's Leroy. They're going to be hosting me on Saturday, October 6th. It's an event with two talks, a day-long retreat. So for New York friends, really excited to see you. So busy, busy here. And speaking of retreats, I have a little mini one for you. It's literally like a two-minute retreat with Father Nathan coming up on this program today. Every now and then, I hear from listeners who say they've listen to a particular episode more than once, sometimes several times. And I think this is one of those programs, particularly because of Father Nathan and what he's going to share about prayer. And I think it's especially fitting with the Feast of St. Francis of Assisi coming up. And Father Nathan isn't Franciscan, but he does wear the habit of his order, and it all actually ties back into what he says and how that ties into your life, your vocation too. And he talks about building a cloister, an impenetrable fortress. Doesn't that sound nice? You can't get in. That you are maintaining your peace and that we can carry that around with us wherever we are. It's something new that he's going to talk about with Padre in your pocket. So that's coming up. Also, David Zock, he's the front man, the lead singer of Remedy Drive, the Christian rock group. And I had a chance to sit down and talk to him about the work he's doing against human trafficking. It's an organization called Exodus Road. And he's going to talk about what I think is going to fire you up, what he's doing, the sense of urgency, the need. So that's all coming up on episode number 152. But first, America. America! Mm, America! favorite. So that was ringing in my ears as I ran with the American flag over the weekend. As it makes its way from Boston, it departed on 9-11 and will be going, traveling across the country by bike, by ruck, which is people basically backpacking with their rucksack and running as it goes to San Diego. That's the final destination. So it's called the Old Glory Relay with Team RWB, which I am a member of, and that stands for Red, White, and Blue. But the focus is on veterans, enriching the lives of those who serve. So I talked about this on the last show. I needed to practice because I'm part of this relay that needed to carry the American flag. And I thought, well, I've what I've never done this before. Like, what if the wind is whipping and it gets really heavy? What if my arm gets sore? I don't want to drop. I don't want to be the one that is going to drop the flag. So I needed to know what to expect. So I ended up doing that. And it's amazing how one little thing out of our 
habit out of our routine can wake us up to a different experience. I don't even know how to describe it. When I was running in my neighborhood looking like a complete goofball, I'm sure, it was emotional. And then especially when we met and I was doing this run from Youngstown, Ohio to Cleveland, Ohio, just a little bit, like four and a half miles was our leg with two other gentlemen. But carrying this flag really was like carrying a torch. And when you are holding something, you realize that you are just a small part of this greater chain. And so then you think about all the things that come with it. And it made me think about our church. It made me think about our faith and the responsibility that we have to carry this torch, to keep it burning and to get it to the next person. And in our case, in my case as a mom, that's my family, that's my children. So even though it was something little, it was a really neat experience to be a part of the actual event. So I have, I actually pulled some audio when the morning came, I woke up around four in the morning and drove about an hour away from where I live to the meeting point. There were a couple camera crews, a small crowd gathered. The official Old Glory Relay is being sponsored also by Microsoft. So they have a really cool crew vehicle. And that was following us along with an ambulance. (laughs) But everybody was gathered in this parking lot. And I actually captured just a few seconds of audio from, I think, one of the regional directors as we were getting ready to take off. So check it out. Like, this is meant to be fun. This is meant to be inspirational. We're going to have, you're going to be part of about 10,000 Americans who touch the flag on its way to San Diego. And that's pretty damn cool. I hope you guys get a chance to be with Old Glory, think about what it means to you today, and uh, really soak up that moment. Uh, So, you know, first and foremost, I just want to thank Elsa for being team captain. It is a Herculean task. This is cool. I I hope you remember this for the rest of your life. But uh, first and foremost, to get the day started, we'll go through a couple safety brief things as well. I want to turn it over to Elsa. We're going to unfurl the flag. So you and whoever you choose to help unfurl the flag to get the day started. And while we're unfurling the flag, we'll say the Pledge of Allegiance. Yeah, so the weather was beautiful, the sun came up, and that was just the topper because it was one of those autumn morning sunrises where the entire sky was glowing, like from the inside out, and this beautiful fireball of sun just began to rise. So, but I did complete it. The flag actually wasn't that difficult to run with, and I think it was honestly because I had practiced before. So all of that went good. And if you want to find out more, they do this every year, and Team RWB does so many cool things. And what I like about them is it's perfect for an introvert like me because everyone wears a jersey. And so no matter where you are, if you ever do any sort of race, you'll notice other people that have that same jersey. And it's an automatic conversation starter. So just a fun thing. And if you want to support the Old Glory Relay or find out more, teamrwb.org is how you can do that. Psalm 32, 7 tells us, You are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. And it makes me think when I hear the hiding place of that book, of the story of Corey Ten Boom. But this segment, I think, ties in to what you're about to hear from Father Nathan Cromley about the significance of the hiding place, the cell, and the monk's hood in this case, and how it relates to prayer and your life. Here's Father Nathan. Hey everybody, it's Father Nathan here with another Padre in your pocket. I want to talk with you a little bit about the need that we have to develop what we call in the spiritual life, the inner cell, the inner cell. 
A cell in Monkland, where I live, of course, is another name for your room. But it's more than a room. It's where you dwell with God alone. And developing, a, we each one of us has a cell, which is like where we have our bed, a desk, a little where we study, uh, our sink, our clothes, etc. But more than that, it's a place where in the entire world, it's like our little cave, where we go, and this is where we are alone with God. A monk dwells in his cell. And uh, when we leave, we take our portable cell with us, right? Which is like our habit. And part of that habit even has a hood. And uh, what we do with our hoods is really kind of cool. We, we put them up because when you wear your hood, all, you can only see the one that you love. You can't see left. You can't see right. You always and only are looking straight forward at the one whom you love. And it symbolizes kind of like that enclosure that we cultivate in our souls of being alone with God, surrendered to God, living for God alone. This is why the monk, why the nun wears the habit. It's because of that overwhelming and all-encompassing love that that he wants to live. So what do you do as lay people who are in this world and you just, there's so much negativity you know, and so many distractions and so much going on, and it's all calling for you. Uh, sometimes, literally, especially if you have little ones, it's just calling your name, mom, mom. You know, what are you supposed to do? Well, you can go to your inner self, and that inner cell is a spiritual place where you hide with Christ. It's almost like putting up your hood, so to speak, and and delving in. How do you do that? By prayer. Ladies, inculcating a spirit of prayer into everything that you do is where you hide in the cleft of the rock. You withdraw into that special place and you find yourself alone with the alone. It's absolutely essential. The more that our world becomes frenetic and calls for our attention, the more that we have to put our first priority in Christ and put Christ as our first priority. And we do that by closing our eyes and allowing ourselves just to be in Him, withdrawn to that trysting place of the Song of Songs, that meeting encounter with the Lord. It could be a word from the Bible that you repeat over and over that can help you bring you there. It could be a statue or a picture or an article of religious devotion that brings you there. But whatever it is to go there, and to hide away in him. It gives you protection. And it gives you blessing. It's the act of faith. And relying on your God. This is Father Nathan. With the St. John Institute. Offering you a powder in your pocket. And asking you to go there now. And say your prayers. God bless. Just awesome. Thank you Father Nathan Cromley as always. And we wear a suit of skin and bones, but it is merely an exterior. There's something deeper within. We have an interior soul. So I love that idea of the hood in a mystical way, allowing us to enter into the cell, the interior of our heart and spirit. And someone needs to invent one for moms, the mom hood, because I really need that. You know, we're all so busy and need to carry around that sense of peace and unshakable contentment. But I love that. 
And I do go back to that scripture, the hiding place. If we can just fix our eyes and find those moments throughout the day to draw inward, how better would our world be? How much holier would our days be? And I think that's actually a perfect segue to describe our next guest and the sense of urgency, what he's doing to battle human trafficking, thinking about the hiding place and these young boys and girls, I don't even want to say men and women, they're boys and girls who so desperately need to be surrounded with deliverance in that situation. And he is making a difference. He is doing that in a very active and personal, physical way. want to introduce you now to the conversation I had with David Zock. So human trafficking, we know it is an issue that is staggering in its scope. It's scary in its proximity to know that it's happening not just in places like Bangkok, Thailand, but in Bangor, Maine, in our suburbs where we feel comfortable and safe. And one person who knows a lot about that is David Zock. Really, really blessed to have an opportunity to sit with him, the lead singer of Remedy Drive. Welcome, David. It's good to be on the show. I wanted to ask you about what you're doing. You talked about it on stage and knowing that you with Remedy Drive are passionate about your music, but you're also passionate about action. For you, this particular poll, this apostolate has been human trafficking. So tell us a little bit about what you do and how you got involved with Exodus Road. Well, I started writing songs six years ago about slavery, about the modern underground railroad. And it started specifically with these child soldiers in Uganda and this warlord Coney that was... um, taking the boys, forcing them to fight. And I watched that documentary by Invisible Children trying to expose Coney. And my daughter says, Dad, why not God protect those boys? And I don't have an answer for her. And I thought my role in all of it would be to start writing songs about it. So we t- took a drastic shift and started writing tunes about slavery, about feeling helpless against the fact that there's more slaves today than any other time in human history. There's 40 million people impacted by slavery in 2018. And uh, in a moment of convergence, at a, at a radio station similar to The Fish in Colorado Springs, Matt Parker, who founded The Exodus Road, knew my songs from that radio station. He comes to Nashville, and he's looking for somebody to talk about what he's doing. And I said, Matt, I don't want to just talk about The Exodus Road. I have to join you. And we started, um, a few months later, we started going into brothels together. He trained me on how to uh, use the equipment that we use to uh, collect covert intelligence against these mafias and crime syndicates and criminal networks syndicated crime criminals that are that are taking our daughters and taking our sons and selling them for sex against their will sometimes they're five sometimes they're 15 sometimes they're 20. give us a picture a real life picture of how close this is to home i mean you're talking about uganda you're talking about coney but this does happen in the united states and i know you go all over so for the average mom or woman you think i live on the surface here and that's underground somewhere and it's not going to touch me and it's scary and it's terrible and you reference the movie taken by liam neeson it's something we might see in a hollywood film but i feel like it's closer than we might ever even realize when i hear you talk about the sheer numbers and how it's a commodity in these places so i guess what do we as the average mom why is this something so important for us there is trafficking in america and it's consistent There's maybe 300,000 people impacted by slavery in our country, which is a ton. Sometimes people say, why do you go all the way across the planet when there's a need here? Well, there's 10 countries that are responsible for 90% of that 40 million. So that's a ton. You know, that's millions and millions compared to 300,000. And we got the FBI here. The Exodus Road works here. We have equipment. We were able to scrub the Internet for data on trafficking rings. and, And we partner with law enforcement here just like we do around the country. 
And one thing that is exciting for me about the Exodus Road is we do look for ways. How can a mom from Ohio be involved in rescuing girls? So what they said, if you text Remedy to 51555, um, you can essentially, well, you'll get updates whenever somebody's rescued by the Exodus Road, but you can also fund one investigator for one night. So you can't do a lot. You can fund an investigator for a night, which is going to go towards our transportation costs, uh, all the things that go into operations, spy gear. And then when you get those texts back, you're like, well, maybe that was my, maybe that was my, my guy or my gal that was in the field there. And we had a woman and you'll like this. She ran a a 5k in stiletto high heels to raise funds for the Exodus road and her feet were bleeding. I think a guy carried across the finish line eventually. So everybody has a sphere of influence and I have a rock and roll band and I use that sphere of influence, but you have a different sphere of influence. You have this, this podcast and you're using it right now in the direction of freedom. And I just want people to get creative. What do you do? Do you sew? Do you have house parties? You could sell some, some of the, the gear that is made by survivors of traffickers and help not only raise awareness, but also raise funds and inspire your community to, to do more little things with great love. That's all we can do. The other thing I wanted to ask you about is your prayers going in there because you are a father, you're a husband, and you're now also someone that um, is a soldier to fight against human trafficking. How does that not affect your spirit? And if and when it does, how do you pray? How, how has your faith life changed through what you've witnessed, what you've seen in these places? I wrote songs about hope for 15 years, and then I started writing these songs. And I, you'll still hear elements of hope in there, but it's a much more informed and fragile hope. Because the world is not what we're told it is. It is not what we're told it is. And I've been on too many streets. I've seen too many uh, infants drugged to, to, to beg with their mom, to pay off mafias. And too many, um, or not even their mom, it's somebody pretending to be their mom. I've seen too many hor- horrific things. I've spent too many nights in these establishments hanging out with teenagers that are drinking. Imagine seeing a teenage girl t- drink 10 shots of a tequila in one night. Imagine what that's doing to her liver. And she's going to turn 17 if her liver might fail. Who's God? Where is God in all this? Why does God allow this, like my daughter said? And those questions are important to ask ourselves and to ask God. That's what David the psalmist did. He's always saying, where are you? Where were you when I needed you? And I feel like that's what these girls are saying. And when I see a girl throw up a prayer to Buddha, when I'm walking out of an establishment, there she's she's scared. She's hoping for her safety. She's. I hope that that prayer can be intercepted by the King of the Universe, and I really believe it can be. So there's a there's a there's a real heaviness. There's a trauma, a tertiary trauma, a trauma that's consistent. To see a, a girl sitting with a man that's three times her age and three times her weight on a regular basis, and to hear the story of how this girl ran from starvation in Venezuela and ended up in the country I'm in, or, or it was traffic down from the countryside. Hard to hear, but I, instead I talked to her about her dreams. What would you do if you weren't doing this? A lot of girls want to be cooks, which is cool. And I feel bad for my friends, and this is the answer to your question. I pray through song, and I write songs, and lyric comes to me, and I sing it over and over again. Jesus, where are you? They're far too young. Jesus, how long now your kingdom come? And I, you ask me any time in my life up to the last four or five years, are you hoping that the king comes? I'm like, man, no, I'm pretty happy with my life. I'm playing rock and roll. I got kids. I want to see them grow up. But at this point in time, I want to see justice. And like ML, Martin Luther King Jr. says, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. And my prayer 
and everything I have, my melodies are shooting out into the stratosphere and hopefully putting some weight on that moral arc of the universe and bending it as much as I can. But I only, I only weigh 160 pounds. I don't have much to pull on that moral arc of the universe, but I'm doing everything I can with it. But you're also latched on to the cosmic supreme creator of all that can do that. And your work is heroic. So we thank you. How can we find out more? And I know you said text, text Mm -hmm. remedy. Remedy. What's that in the website? Text remedy to the number 51555. And if you're feeling like overwhelmed with that, I was the same way. I'd never text a number to it. So that the word that you text is remedy. The phone number is 51555. Or go to to remedydrive.com slash exodusroad. Or go to exodusroad.com, theexodusroad.com. There's so many ways to get involved. One other story, this little girl came up to me after a concert and said to me, my my family does what you do. I was like, oh, really? What do you do? She's like, um, she's like six. She says, we hunt wolves and rescue princesses. Oh, (laughs) I love that. That would be a good book. Yeah, it would be a great book. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you again to David Zock. Not nearly enough time. And we had to wrap the interview up, but I feel like I could have talked to him for 30 more minutes. That is, again, Remedy Drive frontman David Zock. And again, the information about Exodus Road and his work will be linked up in the show notes. So the Feast of St. Francis is one of the most observed, celebrated in the church year when it comes to feast days because he is a saint for the ages. So not only within the church do people observe and celebrate, but people of all traditions claim him, all political persuasions. But we also know that he was a proud son of the church, the Il Pavarello, the poor man of Christ. And He was my go-to when all of this came out about the church and the scandal. And that mandate from our Lord directly to St. Francis to rebuild my church, not just physical brick and mortar, but the hearts, the spirits that were so corrupt at that time. And so something as we wrap up the show today that I wanted to share with you was, I think, a little known story. I had never heard of this. I haven't seen anything online about this. When we study the life of St. Francis, the beautiful example that he gave us to live a life like Christ, he also gave us an example of how to die like Christ. And as we celebrate his feast day, I wanted to share that with you. The last time that I was in Assisi, I picked up this book. I couldn't put it down. It was in the gift shop at the Basilica of St. Francis in Assisi, where he's buried. And so I brought it home. It's called We Were With Francis. That's the title. Francis of Assisi as told by his first companions. This one is entitled The Will to Die in Absolute Poverty. I want to share it with you. It says, One day, St. Francis called his companions to him. When they stood before him, he got out of bed at the cost of a painful effort because of his dropsy and his many other grave ailments. He sat down on the bare ground. His companions had no idea why he was doing this. He took off his clothes and stayed there naked, sitting on the bare ground. With his left hand, he covered the wound in his side so that it would not be seen. And then he spoke and said, I have done what I ought to do. Now you do what the Lord inspires you to do. He said nothing more but waited to see what inspiration the Lord would give them. Indeed, from the time of his conversion until the day of his death, in good or bad health, St. Francis took great pains to discern and follow the will of the Lord. At the sight of him sitting ill and naked on the ground, his companions were overcome with sorrow and pity and wept bitterly. 
one of them, his guardian, was convinced that the will of the Lord prompted the Holy Father to dispossess himself even of the tunic and breeches conceded by the rule, so that he would, in every way, be a poor man of Christ and his imitator in both life and death. His guardian handed the tunic and breeches to him, saying, Father, I give you this tunic and breeches on loan. May it be clear that you have been dispossessed of them because I tell you that you don't have the right to give them to anyone. Raising his eyes heavenward and joining his hand, St. Francis blessed the Lord and said to his companions, May the Lord reward you because I want to die poor like this. It was after this that he said to them one day, As soon as the soul has left my body, take off my clothes and leave me naked, just as I took my clothes off before you and place me on the bare ground. Let me stay that way for as long as it takes a man to walk a mile. Oh, man. I mean, Francis was extreme. There there was no subtlety about his prayers or his actions or his magnanimous witness. And also, in our day and age, that seems so radical. But it was the Middle Ages. And in medieval times, they did a lot of things that were all in. And the fact that he unto death would follow his savior. Being stripped of even undergarments and having no home is pretty powerful. And may we live boldly our vocation and like Francis and like Father Nathan and like David Zock, be totally abandoned to the will of God. Fix our eyes on him so that we may hear him every hour, day by day. Thank you, friends, for being a part of episode number 152. Coming up on next week's show, really excited to speak to the creator of a revolutionary new app. It's called Little Saint Adventures. It's for kids, parents, churches, schools. Really fun, really easy. And the backstory behind it is pretty cool, too. So that's coming up on next week's show. Thank you to my producer, Mark Cumming, from Coming Home Studio for his dynamic skills and quick work. He is a producer extraordinaire and wears many hats. So to find out more, visit him online at comminghomestudio.com. Thank you to our Podbean patrons. We are so, so grateful for your donations. If you would like to support the show, the Ministry of St. Gabriel Media and Good Things Radio, just click on the show notes. You can learn more. You can also sign up for our newsletter there and send us your input. We love hearing from you. I'm on Voxer, also on Instagram, and feedback at goodthingsradio.com is a quick way you can drop an email. Until next time, friends, may we be a channel of His peace. God bless you.